Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 99 of Compliance Into the Weeds, a podcast where, with Matt Kelly, founder and editor of Radical Compliance, we take a deep dive going into the compliance weeds each week on a compliance or compliance-related topic. Today, we have a live recording made at the SCCE 2018 Compliance and Ethics Institute, and we talk about the upcoming NAVEX Global Virtual Conference. I know you will find it interesting. I hope you will check out the NAVEX Virtual Conference as it is a great opportunity for learning and sharing of knowledge in compliance and ethics. This is Tom Fox. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I am here with Matt Kelly for another episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. We are once again live. Today, it is at the SCCE 2018 Compliance and Ethics Institute. Welcome, Matt. Hello, Tom. Good to be here. Uh, Matt, we're not going to talk about the SCCE today, but we're going to talk about another event, a virtual event that I know you're thoroughly involved with, Mm -hmm. and that is the NAVEX 2018 Virtual Conference. So I was wondering if you might be able to start uh, telling us a little bit about it and uh, how you're helping NAVEX out. Sure. So this is, I believe, the third year in a row now that NAVEX has done the uh, Ethics and Compliance Virtual Conference. It is happening on uh, November 8th. I think that is a... Thursday, yes, Thursday, November 8th. Uh, It will be running throughout the daytime, East Coast time. Um, But it is going to be a series of one-hour webinars, um, and it will cover a variety of ethics and compliance topics. I can't remember exactly how many sessions in total, but I believe that there are going to be, at any given moment, three webinars happening simultaneously across the hour for multiple hours throughout the day. So I think there's a total of nine or 12, plus some keynote speakers at the beginning and end looking at all sorts of um, ethics and compliance topics. And that's the nutshell. So uh, I was really intrigued with the title, Matt, which is Philosophy Meets Performance. A lot of conferences are focusing on uh, the ethics part, the performance part, the institutional justice part, and really things that perhaps... uh, uh, or an evolution of what we would have considered a compliance program. But if I could just uh, speak just a minute to the structure, there are four focus areas, and each focus area has a keynote. Then following uh, the keynote is uh, the three uh, simultaneous uh, webinars, and then following the three simultaneous webinars are a Q&A session. So I'm just going to go through the uh, go through each focus area and ask you to maybe highlight some of the things uh, you think uh, are going to be covered. And focus area number one is performing under regulatory scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I can tell you that a lot of that and that one webinar I will be speaking on is in that track. So, uh, of course, it will be a great session and very cool. Uh, but, for example, I'm co-hosting a webinar about risk management frameworks and how to understand what they are. Not necessarily all ethics and compliance officers would know what a risk management framework is since they come out of the audit world, Uh, but how would you really try to build a program and show that it works to your own satisfaction? And then that track broadly is going to be about how you would actually um, 
build a program that you can assess what the performance actually is over time, because sooner or later you might have a regulator show up and they would ask, show us how you think this is an actual effective program, not just a lot of compliance activity that doesn't matter because you still have problems. Show us that this is actually working. And we're going to uh, dive in with that. Uh, there will be another session within that track that's more about um, compliance training programs. And it was, it is titled Compliance Training Maturity and how you match that to business outcomes. I have to admit, when I first was working with them, with Navex, on that, I thought of it as more maturity means you're a big company and you have a big training program. And the speakers there were quick to stress it's much more about how you're getting to good business outcomes, even if you're a very small company without an extensive training program. Um, fair to say, the regulators are more interested in what you are actually accomplishing and not necessarily how you're accomplishing it. So, you know, things like that, that's where we're going to go with this. So um, sort of bookending or at least uh, surrounding you in terms of the webinars, there's also one by Lori Russell, who's the global ethics officer at uh, Biomerics, establishing an international anti-corruption program, even good companies do bad things. And I certainly think that is always a timely topic. Ingrid Frieden from uh, Navex Global is going to talk about correlating compliance training maturity with uh, business outcomes. Mm -hmm. The second focus area is performing with executive excellence. And once again, uh, we've got, I think, just three excellent um, webinars uh, Karsten Tans, uh, the compliance consultant with Emergence, is going to talk about compliance versus ethics management, how to strengthen ethical resilience. Uh, always one of my favorites, Jeff Kaplan from the law firm of Kaplan & Walker, will be talking about applying the lessons of behavioral ethics, culture, and compliance. And Philip Foster Back from the uh, the director, one of the directors of Institute of Business Ethics, who won an award uh, here at SCCE, will be talking about you can't delegate ethics, me too, a year later and around the world. Really, any uh, thoughts or highlights uh, from these three from you? Well, I know that Navex is very big on the idea of um, you cannot delegate ethics, particularly since the Me Too movement kind of kicked that attitude uh, into high gear. And um, it really is, at the end of the day, much more about are your leaders really embedding and embodying ethical conduct themselves. Doesn't matter what the training is, doesn't matter what the controls are. Um, if they themselves are not walking the walk, then employees are going to see it, and then employees are not going to care about all of the talking of the talk that you might do later on. And, I will give um, that idea a lot of credit is we have seen a lot of companies in the last 12 months sack a lot of executives for uh, some sort of personal misconduct, which generally means that it's probably harassment or probably having a romantic relationship with a subordinate or something like that. Uh, some of what I've seen has been spot on with the idea we've been talking about. Uh, Nike got rid of several executives sometime in the last 12 months, I remember, who were supposedly going to be the up-and-coming stars for the 2020s. They had um, some workplace bullying and harassment allegations, and they were sent packing. And that's a tough thing for a company to do. And Nike did it. And that can't have been easy. Um, on the other hand, if they did not do that, where would the rest of Nike's ethics and compliance, compliance program be? And so that's where we're. I think we're going to explore with that particular track. 
So focus area three is entitled Performing Using Program Data. The keynote is Nancy Giordano, the strategic futurist of corporate strategy, and her keynote's going to be Navigating the Big Shift Cultural Innovation at the Era or in the Era of Escalating Demands, and, and I assume that's going to also bring in uh, disruption, the disruptive economy, mm-hmm. uh, and many other topics. The three webinars... Once again, we'll have uh, Jeffrey Killen, Vice President and CCO at Bumblebee Foods, who's going to talk to us about how to extend compliance ROI to justify program budget increase, always a favorite topic. Uh, we're going to have a panel that's going to be uh, Kerry Penman, Sean Ramey, Greg Keating, and Christine Hivalis on the great debate, which department owns what. So we're certainly going to talk about legal and compliance and perhaps some others. And then Simone Hall is going to talk about, or Simon Hall and Tom Kelly are going to talk about engineering a high-performing platform with predictive analytics. Mm -hmm. A wide variety, yet all very timely. Uh, They are. And a lot of, I've been working with a few of those sessions um, for the last couple of weeks, helping those people refine their ideas. Look, it's not news that the digital transformation of business processes is ongoing, and so you throw off a tremendous amount of data when you do transform these processes, which five or six years ago, I would have rolled my eyes at that Harvard Business Review kind of uh, slang term of digital transformation. But here and now, we see this every day, that procurement, training, Financial reporting, uh, financial payments, accounts payable, marketing, all of these other processes have become digitized. There is a whole lot more data out there that compliance officers can extract. And then if you analyze them correctly, you can get to some very good uh, observations or insights about what really is going on in your company. I know um, Simon Hall, for example, who is the head of the internal reporting at BP, Um, He's been using this to study where um, ethical concerns, like basically workplace bullying and speak up sort of concerns, if they are surfacing in some concentration in your enterprise, how might that help inform what could then become compliance problems later? As in, if you have somebody who's willing to be a jerk and a bully, uh, they are probably also not above paying a bribe to close a big sale. And so can you try and figure out connections like that, which is what BP has been trying to do for several years now. Uh, It's data that's out there. They're figuring out how do we analyze it to come to some insights that will help us do something else, predict something else, and then prevent something else. And that's where they're going to be going with that section. It really sounds like a uh, fascinating series of talks. Um, So I've uh, visited with Greg Keating before, and I'm I'm going to be very interested to hear him talk. He is a um, defense-side whistleblower lawyer. Mm -hmm. So he works with corporations. He handles employment cases. He handles whistleblower cases. And I'm going to be really interested to hear him talk about really where he thinks sort of a Me Too investigation uh, should be housed in a corporation? Should it be an HR? Should it be an outside counsel? Should it, if it's high enough up, should it be the board level? Is it a compliance or legal uh, issue? So uh, lots of interesting questions from that perspective. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go a little bit off topic now to bring up one other point before I forget about it, about the structure of this event. So the webinars themselves are going to be one hour each. And for some of these webinars, I know they'll probably be like 48 or 52 minutes, and they'll take some time to fill out to the 60th minute with questions there. However, the 
webinar, the, the whole one-day virtual conference itself is going to be split into 90-minute segments. So after the one-hour webinars, that will three of them happening simultaneously, then they're going to have a live Q&A function for the following 30 minutes where all of these speakers for all three webinars that had just happened will be available to take questions live online where you submit them through a chat function, which uh, Navix Global has not done that before, and I am interested to see that, and it's going to be a bit more of the sort of spontaneous conversational element that can be a little bit tricky to pull off in a virtual format, so I'm curious to see how this goes. But there'll be plenty of time for that sort of interaction when people do uh, have some questions for the speakers they just heard. So you really jumped the gun on me there because I was going to ask you about the nature of a virtual conference and what you see as some of its strengths and and why uh, I think it it can really be helpful. But uh, I will hold some of those to the end because the focus area four is proving your performance. And it starts off with a very interesting keynote by Kyle Welch, a professor at GW School of Business on strength in numbers, groundbreaking evidence proves True Compliance ROI, and, and once again, this is uh, had been the holy grail for compliance for many, many years to actually prove ROI. Any hints on this? Uh, yeah, so this is the closing keynote for the conference, and I can give you some hints because I have seen uh, Professor Welch's research, and it is fascinating that um, without giving away too much, uh, he looked at measurements of whistleblower activity Uh, and then correlated internal whistleblower activity. And I don't just mean calls to the hotline. I mean all of the ways that a compliance program works to generate internal reports. Internal reporting, can you come up with a sort of general number that represents the amount of internal reporting in the company? Spoiler alert, yes, you can. And then... Uh, what does that mean for various business outcomes that even your board of directors and your CFO would be able to appreciate, like things on the balance sheet, money they have to spend? Um, How would more internal hotline activity or internal whistleblowing activity correlate to uh, items such as the number of lawsuits you have or uh, profitability or anything else? And Kyle looked at a couple of those factors Um, That's probably the limit of what I can say right now, but Navex will be coming out with some research uh, at the virtual conference, really going into detail about it, and there is a lot there. There is a lot there that non-compliance people would actually be eager to see, and uh, there's a lot there that once you sit back and think about it, you'll be like, oh, yeah. This does make a lot of sense, and um, that's. I think if I said any more, Navex is going to be upset that I jumped the gun, so I'll, I'll quiet down right there. So let's turn a little bit to the structure of a virtual event. Uh, You've certainly been involved in uh, putting on live events. You put on webinars. You put on uh, other events uh, or a series of roundtables. I can't even begin to name the number of events you put on. But this one uh, is virtual, and I think that has some uh, unique strengths. Perhaps we visit about uh, some of those? Well, you get to um, dive in pretty deeply, um, and, you know, you can – you know, it's just – it's a good way to, I guess, explore the subject at, at length. Uh, I did this uh, session on risk management frameworks where I walked through a bunch of different frameworks with a woman from BDO, her name is Sydney Leo. Sydney was great. And, uh, you know, you can explore it all. And then it's there. It's out there. I do believe that this is going to be archived and available for quite some time. 
Um, so a lot of, you know, we're here at the live conference with SCCE. It's very good in its own way. But once you leave, the only things that are in your head are those things that you paid a special attention to or you wrote down in some notes or something like that. But there's going to be a permanent record of what we did say here and what people asked. And, um, you know, it's got a, a more of a longevity, I would say. So here's why this intrigues me and, frankly, um, why I find this to be such a powerful tool is that it allows someone like myself to uh, literally sit at my desk and take a, not only the deep dive that you have articulated, but also uh, really some of the top thought leaders yes. uh, in their specific topics and have them for an hour. Uh, certainly, they do webinars from time to time, but having this concentrated on one day really drives home to me uh, not only the power of compliance and ethics, but the power of communications and the thirst for people like myself, people like yourself, uh, the compliance practitioner, or other uh for many of these topics. And then the last thing is the level of maturity of compliance officer and compliance program these topics speaks to tells me that there is a huge thirst for uh, much beyond the basics. That is all true. And I have to admit, I kind of spaced out about the convenience of being able to do this from your desk. And since I am taking a red-eye flight back from the live conference I'm at, uh, not having to deal with the travel restrictions and the expense of it is certainly a very nice plug. Very nice plus. Uh, can we highlight the price? Uh, I believe this is free. You, your belief is correct. All right. And so uh, that's it's really, uh, I just can't speak enough about Navix uh, doing this. Uh, I don't think they did it last year. If they did, I wasn't able to participate. They have done this in the past, and I just find this to be, in this day and age, an, an incredibly useful and powerful uh, learning uh, technique and strategy to communicate to the compliance practitioner and many others uh, really cutting-edge topics. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Well, Matt, uh, this has been uh, great fun, and it's been great fun seeing you here at, com at <laughs> SCCE. Look right. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Compliance Into the Weeds. Please join us again next week as for our 100th episode, I have a special retrospective of ERP over the past five years with Matt. We take a deep dive into where we've been and perhaps where we're going into the future. I know you will enjoy it. Also, I'd encourage you to check out the Navex Global virtual conference. It is absolutely free. It's going to have some great topics. We have just skimmed the surface in this podcast. Check out the site. Uh, check out, rather, the agenda and registration at Navex Global on their site. I've listed the information on the show notes. This is Tom Fox. Compliance Into the Weeds is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.